Lifetime Live with Chriselda Tutumashe. We're talking right now about, uh, you know, social media and cyberspace taking away human interaction. And uh, joining us uh, on the line is uh, Professor Somadota Figeni and uh, taking your questions, comments as well. And I looked at uh, one of the posts that were posted by Dumisole and um, you also shared this, uh, Prof. And this is about a person who's just minding their business at a traffic light and boom, uh, the weave is gone. And, you know, what's sad is people are just laughing about it. And, uh, you know, the, the responses are not even about, they're just talking about supply and demand. Um, they, they're not talking about the tragedy that this this thing just happened, that you can't even um, be in the privacy of your own space in your own car without fearing, what if aircon doesn't work? Um, and people saying, but you should have closed the windows. And there's another post, um, um, of a person who was just minding their business, going to work, and weave was gone, cell phone was gone, bag was gone, and and there's someone sitting there recording the entire <laughs> episode. And you ask yourself, what has happened to us? Is there hope? Can we turn back from this? I do think that these things do work when we use technology to service us, and we have values on which we interact. But once we become victims of technology, we then lose even empathy, Ubuntu, that we used to have. Just take a few videos of school kids fighting, sometimes even stabbing each other. Yeah. What you see as a response normally is not even an empathy or people contextualizing this, but it is for laughs. And that entertainment and infotainment has suddenly changed us and hardened our souls because every clip we don't often stop to say, this could have been a child, uh, this could have been me, and so forth. The empathy barrier. But if we were value-based, we could still use the same technology to relay a message, to name and shame, or even for interventions. That is the difference. But we can't entirely blame everything on social media. We could look at a broken family, at a broken community, Mm. at a broken education system that needs fixing such that technology is of service to us rather than a distribution of raw crude Uh, human experiences without invoking any sense of outrage. But whose whose responsibility is it um, to to begin this dialogue, to begin this conversation, uh, where we begin to reflect uh, and and just look at ourselves, like uh, uh, use bird's eye view to just look at ourselves and what we've become? I do think that the biggest mistake is when we externalize this and think that President Ramaphosa or a school somewhere will do it. We are the leaders we've been waiting for. Mm. If each one of us in their church, in their school, in their community, in their clubs, begin to raise these issues and make them their main focus, then the society will change. No amount of policing no amount of uh, advertorials will change our human experience until and unless 
in a particular space were able to say, let's change the ways we've been doing things and let's have a sense of ownership of our own, uh, you know, communities, of our own experiences, starting right in your family and going into the community and the school and everywhere else. All right, let's uh, take your co- comments. Um, we take your calls on 0891-104-207, WhatsApp voice note on 0614-104-107, and SMS is at 40938-charged at 150. And some of your comments on Twitter, um, you know, everybody agrees, but um, I'm just wondering how many are going to start implementing this in their own spaces. Sesh uh, Khalakhala says, uh, social media has uh, dehumanized us, almost everyone um, on the uh, youth we post about what we do uh, we don't get together and share quality time it's uh, just meeting on a group chat and that's it and an sms uh, from Hancho saying uh, it's mostly respected um, academics politicians uh, political heavyweights and cougars with money who use social media to flash their hidden aging assets <laughs> to charm his blessers and cougars Yes, <laughs> and uh, Marcus um, Fumbata says teenagers are educated about. Um, okay, that's a conversation for the previous day. And uh, the noble vine. Uh, this is a Twitter handle. Says. Uh, okay, conversation for another day. All right, uh, we we take your calls and uh, take your comments. And this is Lifetime Live, and uh, we are at SAFM Radio both on Twitter and Facebook and WhatsApp voice notes on 0614-104-107. And uh, let's go to the news headlines and uh, we'll take your questions, comments after this. Call Griselda now, 0891-104-207. All right, let me read uh, the Noble Vine's uh, complete message uh, saying that God has his Griselda and Ngombong in game. And he continues and says, as for social media, how crude and colors even, um, explosive uh, language that is used there, uvelushwabani, and and you know there's that discourse as well where you find yourself as a, an elder uh, and they will tell you like it's so easy uh, to just disrespect uh, and Mishek Gekana says uh, social media ought to allow us um, easy communication and networking unfortunately there's a level of uh, maturity as well as uh, wellness required to be on such platforms and uh, we carry pain, questionable morals uh, principles, values, and all these um, come uh, to a fore on social media. Uh, and, and your response to that, uh, Professor Figen? I do think that the listeners are quite spot on, but as I said, social media simply makes it easy for mass communication of what we already are. Mm. We should use social media as an X-ray or a diagnosis of the nature of the society we've become and go back to the drawing board to say, what must we fix? One advantage of social media is that it doesn't suppress voices. Mm. So it gives you a raw data. As is. 
And uh, would you rather have had hidden racism where people between 8 a.m. and 5 p.m. speak unity and professionalism and when they get within their friends, the language changes? Mm. That's schizophrenic society. Or would you rather have instances recorded on social media which shows and gives us a barometer of where we are that in itself i do think that it's a balancing act but at the same time it is revealing what we are and simply put it in a very raw fashion Mm. Talking about raw fashion, Lutandus post on Facebook says um, people on social media are always rude and angry and very militant. Is this even an excuse um, that, you know, we, we've come to accept that people are, this is what they are? But is it not the case that if you go to your workplace, if you go to the strikes in nowadays, if you go to protests, they are as rude as they come? Mm. Uh, which means what you see in the social media, especially for those who believe they have anonymity, uh, they can go to the extremes. Uh, it is an indication. Some people even mistake rudeness, uncivility, as a sign of being radical without being radical. They mm. just think that humiliating the other person is actually an ideological position, which it is not, because people could still make their point, they could still reach their policy outcomes without without having to nullify and humiliate and make small the other person. A great point to live the conversation at. Thank you. Thank you very much, Prof, for joining us. Thank you very much. That's uh, Professor Somado Dafigeni, community development activist, policy and uh, political analyst and uh, a heritage expert as we're reflecting on how social media has dehumanized us. And I guess, I mean, judging by all these uh, responses, we all agree that something is wrong. And I guess uh, take time out before you tweet today or send a Facebook uh, status. Uh, Just think about how it's going to impact on someone else.